Alleluia. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My great-grandma McQuinn was one of the sweetest ladies ever to have lived. My recollections of her are fleeting and vague, and are mostly coded in a sentimentality that blurs the line between what is true and what has been manufactured by decades of not having seen her. But I do remember that when we would visit her, she would stand and wave goodbye as we were leaving at the end of our visits until we were completely gone from her sight. My mom does this now when we go home to visit in Kokomo, and now we've picked up this tradition, at least when she comes to visit us and we stand out there until we can't see her going north on the highway anymore. We stand rooted in one place, remembering the last hugs, the last words that were spoken, and then we go back into a quieter house, at least for a little bit. The eleven stood, looking up to heaven, remembering the last contact they'd had with Jesus. Did they embrace him? Well, about a month before his ascension, he had invited Thomas to touch the marks of his nails in his, of the nails in his hands and to put his hand into the place where the spear pierced his side. St. John in his first epistle does indeed tell us that they had touched the risen Lord Jesus with their own hands. What were the last words that he had spoken to them? He said things like, "'Therefore go and make disciples of all nations.'" baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We heard this evening, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. He also had said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And just as surely as he stood there with him, he was taken up into heaven. And they stood, rooted in that one place, perhaps a little slack in the jaw, remembering the last hugs and the words that were spoken. And this is now the time that we as the church live in today. The church has been standing with the eleven, looking up to heaven, waiting for his return ever since. The Apostle Paul was convinced that the Lord Jesus would return in his own day. Our father in the faith, Martin Luther, likewise thought that the Lord Jesus would return at any moment. And I don't know about you, but I have found myself praying that the Lord would hasten his return more and more as these days grow more wicked. But dear saints, you have not been left alone. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. The removal of Jesus' visible presence, which was represented by our Paschal candle, does not mean that Jesus is now absent from us. Consider the last words of Jesus in the gospel according to St. Matthew. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Or consider how St. Luke opened the book of Acts. We heard just a few minutes ago. He said in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up. Or consider how St. Mark ends his gospel. Again, we heard it this evening. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Jesus is still with his church. We still hear his voice. He says of the writing and the preaching of the apostles, which we read this evening, and every Lord's Day and every festival day, he says, he who hears you, that is the apostles, hears me. And tonight, we have his very body and blood here at our altar, which are given and shed for you. Dear saints, the Lord has not abandoned his church. He has taken his seat upon his heavenly throne where he rules all things for the good of the church, for your good. For God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Consider death, for instance. Death is our last and greatest enemy, says the Bible. But now Christ has defeated that enemy and he has bent it to his own will. Death is now the doorway through which we walk to be with Christ himself. And finally, in ascending to the throne, Jesus does not go farther away from you, but in fact is now closer to you than he ever could be. Now his physical presence is no longer limited to wherever he happens to be preaching on a given Lord's day. His ascension puts him over all things, that he might also fill all things. In him we, move, we live and move and have our being. He is fully exalted now, and he promises never to leave you or forsake you. So just as surely as he is at Wigan this evening as they gather to celebrate the ascension of our Lord, so also is he here and across the congregations across the world as we gather tonight. And so, dear saints, we need not crane our necks to the heavens. Yes, Jesus will return in the same way that he departed, but he is not gone from our midst. Your Jesus says, Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So listen to his voice. See, touch, and taste his body and blood. He is here, just as he promised he would be. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord.